0: Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for smart, successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And today I'll be joined by a guest to give you an inside look at the work I do with my clients. This is your opportunity to learn through someone else's experience. They may even ask a question you have or one you haven't even thought of yet. So keep an open mind, open heart, and let's dive in. Hello and welcome to episode number 264 of the Love Life Connection podcast and like a lot of episodes that I'm recording this spring I just can't resist I am recording with the window open it's just such beautiful weather and I know soon enough it's going to be too hot to leave the window open so I am soaking it in I don't know if you can hear the breeze or the birds in the background but if you do I hope you enjoy Okay, so I know there are a lot of new listeners to the podcast. So if you're new, a big welcome. I recommend just scrolling the archives and listening to any episodes that resonate. You can also head to veronicagrant.com forward slash podcasts. And at the bottom of that page, there's a search bar and you can type in any keywords or terms that relate to a question you have or the situation that you're in. And there's probably an episode that will answer that or resonate. And if there's not an episode on your topic, then let me know because I would love to make one. You can send me an email hello at com, or send me a DM Veronica E. Grant. And I would love to either coach you on that question coming onto the show, or I would love to do a solo episode answering that question. All right, before we get on to today's episode, I just have a quick announcement slash reminder. I recently debuted my brand new course, Break Up to Break Through. And as the title suggests, this course will help you turn your break up into a breakthrough. I don't care just about you feeling better and getting over your ex- but I really want it to be something that you can look back on years in the future and think, wow, I'm so grateful that, that relationship ended. I'm so grateful that I learned XYZ lesson because that got me to where I am today. Uh, that is really my goal. I really do believe that, yes, breakups suck, but they're also an amazing opportunity to heal some core wounding because whatever happened in your relationship, that stuff is up for you. God, some higher power of the universe is saying, hey, it's time to work on this. Let's focus on it. Let's heal it. Let's grow it. And this course will really allow you to do that. So it's not about just waiting it out, it's not about distracting yourself, it's not about get back out there, anything like that. It's really a simple five-step process to help you heal and grow from it so that ideally in your next relationship you don't attract the same thing. And the cool part is because this is a brand new course, I've got introductory pricing available for you. So just head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash breakup to breakthrough, and you can take advantage of that intro pricing that's only available for the rest of the week, which is through May 21st. So make sure that you don't miss out on any intro pricing if you want to get my support in uh, your breakout. And by the way, this is an on-demand e-course, so as soon as you enroll, you get access to the entire course, and you can go through it as quickly or as slow as you need slash want to. You can also skip around. You can start with step one, step two, go back to step one, and then step three. It's really your process and your opportunity to, as the name suggests, turn your breakup to a breakthrough. And again, that's veronicagrant.com forward slash breakup to breakthrough. So today my caller is Amy, and she has two questions. One is she keeps finding herself in the same pattern over and over again, settling for people and relationships she knows she doesn't really want long term. And she has a fear of being in a lifelong committed partnership, even though that's the only thing that she really wants in her love life. Now, this might seem weird, counterintuitive, or like kind of what the hell or what the heck is going on, but this is actually really, really common. Self-sabotage is more common than you know. So if you find yourself sabotaging yourself or wanting one thing, but then also being scared of it, so then you don't actually do it, it's actually quite normal and it's quite human. And there's a few reasons for it. One is simply confirmation bias, right? We like to be right. So if you have a belief that all men suck, then you're probably gonna attract men that suck because on an unconscious level, you just like to be right. And another thing is that you can actually identify or overly identify with the part of you that's single or that's anxious or that's whatever. So for example, if you weren't always anxious, who would you be? What would you talk about? What would you think about? If you weren't the single one of your friends, then who would you be? What would you talk about? How would people relate to you? So we can actually over identify with this part of us that we want to quote unquote, get rid of or change And that can be yet another reason why we actually self-sabotage and be scared of success and detract from what we really want. Another thing is allowing and receiving requires you to be vulnerable. So whether it's getting the job or the money that you want, or having the health that you want, or being in the relationship that you want. That stuff requires vulnerability because allowing and receiving from others is vulnerable by its very nature. And if being vulnerable is something that you're not comfortable with, something that you're scared of, something that's outside your comfort zone, then your brain is going to do what it needs to do in order to stay safe. And if self-sabotaging, meaning pushing things away or pushing people away or eating a whole box of pizza or whatever it is, is the thing to do that, then that's what you're going to do. And the final thing is you might be worried about what other people will think. You know, let's say you get your job that you want to get and it comes with a big promotion. And so now you're making a lot of money. And so now with that money, you want to buy a nice car. But now you're afraid what people are going to think because you're driving that car. And maybe people will think, well, who does she think she is? Or gosh, she's going to spend her money on that. And maybe you're afraid of things like that happening. Maybe things like that have happened to you before. And so that you sabotage from further success because you don't want to be judged. You don't want to be ousted by your family or your friendships or even the person that you're dating. Okay. So I'm going to leave that there. And I want you to keep this in mind as you listen to my coaching call with Amy. And with that, let's get to it. Hi, Amy. Welcome to the show. How can I help? Hi, Veronica.
1: My question is kind of twofold. The first part is I feel stuck in a repeating pattern in my dating life. I just It's like, I just keep repeating the same thing over and over. And then the second part of it is, I think that I am actually afraid of having a successful relationship. I think I've realized more than a fear of failure. It's kind of a fear of success. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure these two are linked together. (laughs) So what's the pattern that you keep coming into over and over again?
1: Well, I keep choosing people that, don't have what I say I want. And like, what are my kind of deal breakers? And I'll, I'll just talk myself into dating them anyway. And then I have a relationship with them. And then, you know, eventually it ends and then I just have to start all over. So it's, it's like, I know what my priorities are, but I'm not necessarily sticking to them when I'm choosing people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And part of it might be that I think I'm a little being a little too picky or maybe need to lower my standards a little bit even though I have people telling me that I need to raise my standards.
0: Yeah. I mean, most people don't need to lower their standards. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I mean, look, like sometimes you might have really outlandish things, but my guess is just the way that, you know, patriarchy is just infiltrated and the way we're raised and socialized. Most women don't need to lower their standards. Um, So, you know, if you were to look back at your relationships, particularly relationships where this pattern was Prevalent. What do you think the lesson is there that maybe, perhaps, you haven't really learned yet, but you know, maybe, consciously, it's there?
1: That's a hard one. Maybe
0: just that—that
1: it's okay for me to want the things I want, and I'm not being judgmental by kind of abiding by those things. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I feel almost judgmental if I if I tell someone I'm not going to date them because you know their divorce isn't final, or because they're not the right religion for me or whatnot. So then I tend to bend my standards and yeah. So I guess maybe just that, that I, that it's okay for me to have those standards and that I deserve
0: it. Right. Right. And, and, you know, cause we've worked together that just telling yourself that like, it sounds really good, but may or may not lead to actually shifting things. So, you know, you've done inner child work. This isn't your first rodeo. So what is that? how does that relate back to a core wound that you, that you have?
1: Um, oh boy. I think that, um, Hmm. I'm not really sure. I mean, I know that as a child, I, um, huh.
0: I don't know, Veronica. (laughs) That's a good question. Like, well, okay. Let me ask you another way. What are you afraid of? Like, you don't want, like you lower your standards or will accept something about someone, even if it's not what you really want, because you're afraid of being, judgmental. Yeah. So what's underneath, like, what are you really afraid of? Um, if someone said, if I were to say, Oh, Amy, you're so judgmental. Like what is that bumping up against? What fear does that? Bump that's like? bumping up
1: against being close-minded. And my family was very close-minded growing up. And I do, I do remember as a child thinking I'm never going to be like that close-minded like them and judgmental of people. Cause I didn't, I didn't, Respect that in them, I guess, and I saw that even as a child that I didn't didn't like how that felt. So maybe I'm afraid that that even having any standards means I'm being judgmental or closed-minded. Does that feel true? Yeah,
0: that that definitely feels true for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so let's let's see. I'm I'm toying with going back into working with inner child because I know you had I know you know how to do that. Cause we've done that a lot together. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I want to do is I want to bridge it to the other question you have, which is the fear of success. Okay. Cause I'm sure it's all linked. Most is mm-hmm. like, you know, um, you know, when I have a client, like there's can send like a little questioner about what they want to talk about. Sometimes it's like two, three, four, even five things. And more <laughs> often than not, like it all roots back down to the same thing. So tell me a little bit about that. What's your fear of success about?
1: Okay. Um, I think that I actually when I think of having a successful long-term like life partner I get anxiety and I I think that that goes back to my childhood as well and that my mom was extremely unhappy in her marriage in her parenting role just in her life in general and again I remember the specific moment I said I said in my head you know watching my mom throw one of her her or having one of her breakdowns, I remember the specific moment that I said, I'm never going to end up like that. And so I think that like, I, maybe I'm scared of an actual relationship that it would mean that, that it would mean that I was stuck and no matter how unhappy I was, I couldn't get out of it. I'm not sure if that's, if that's it, but I also see it in my, in my career. You know, I kind of tend to shoot low in my goals (laughs) in both relationships and, and my career. And I don't know, I don't know exactly what that fear is.
0: Well, what does that fear feel like? Like, let's, let's see, like, you can even close your eyes for um, a moment if you want. And just imagine putting yourself into or stepping into like the space of like having really big goals in your career, having really big goals in relationships and just notice if you feel like that kind of anxiety or that rush of emotion somewhere in your body. Mm-hmm. I definitely do. I feel it right in my chest.
1: Okay. And what does that feel like? Um, it's like a tightness. Like I kind
0: of want to like, like almost a fight or flight feeling. Okay. Okay. And what does that remind you of? It reminds
1: me, I guess it reminds me, you know, my, maybe in my childhood when I was trying not to be too much or too big or to get too much attention because it would overwhelm my mom. And so I just tried to blend in. And what do you mean by overwhelm your mom? She would have emotional breakdowns. She'd just start crying and she'd get really stressed and she would just kind of lose it. And she wouldn't be able to stop herself from crying. And we'd all have to walk on eggshells around her. And, um, she just, she was very overwhelmed by her parenting and I, I was the youngest. And so I always felt like it was my fault because I was the last one to come along and I kind of put her over the edge.
0: Yeah. So I'm wondering, um. I'm wondering if the first question you have, which was, you know, about lowering your standards. I wonder if that's like the mechanism in which you use to keep small. Mm-hmm.
1: That, that actually feels really true for me when you just said that I was like, Oh wow. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. That, that feels, because it feels more controllable to me. Like it feels more. Um, yeah. Big and successful feels like something I might not be able to handle. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And you can't handle it because, or your Um, words not saying that you can't handle it. Right. Because I would upset the apple cart, I guess.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe that ties in a little bit to the judgmental stuff that I felt as a child, you know, anyone that was like, thought they were all that, or, you know, my family portrayed them as thinking they were all that got judged. Yeah. Fitting in was very much a theme of my family. Just fit in, just blend in.
0: Right. Right. And you can see now as an adult, all of that was just really about trying to dim someone else's light so that they wouldn't feel outshone, so to speak. Yeah. Does that make sense? I think so. Um, What do you mean by someone else's light? Well, like, and gosh, this happens, you know, all the freaking time. But, you know, like if, you know, let's say, oh uh, gosh, I'm trying to think just like a silly example, but. Let's just say there's another. I'm going at. I'm going to a party, right? And let's say I'm like the person that's like this likes to be the center of attention. And I'm a, and I have all the jokes and blah 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 blah. And then there's someone else that's kind of exactly the same way there, and they're kind of making me feel a little small because maybe their jokes are funny, or at least I think their jokes are funny, or whether or not they are, or I think that that person is more attractive. And so. I'm going to in my head, judge that person, maybe even gossip about that person to somebody else, because I want to try to bring them down so that I don't Mm -hmm. feel so small. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. that feels true. Yeah. Yeah. And so because you saw the judgmental part of that growing up, you don't want to be then, Oh, but what if I'm in a relationship that's really amazing? Or what if I get this new job that has this prestige or this amount of money or whatever, and then, you already know what it's like to be on the other side of that because your family was there. So you saw that and you saw how mean and cruel that can be. And you're like, well, well, you know, like Jesus Christ, I'm not going to be that person that's getting judged. Cause that's awful. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? I do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that, yeah, I think that is a big part of it. Just, um, it, it doesn't
0: feel safe to me. Yeah. Shoot too high, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'll just give you one quick story and then um some assignments. Um, you know, someone asked me recently about, you know, my my business and you know how I've you know gotten to where I am. I'm like, oh well, I just failed my way here. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just like instead of like, oh well, I achieved this and then I achieve that and I achieve this. Like that's how we think that like we get to success, whether it's business or career or relationships or whatever, but I feel like I just failed my way to all the places that I've reached to in my life, whether it's my business and even my marriage, because through all those quote unquote failures, I don't really believe in the word word failure. I just learned lessons along the way. And that helped me grow and become the person I am today. So that's the mindset I would love to get you into. However, in order to do that, you've got to be more comfortable. And this is going to sound kind of like hokey, but you've got to be more comfortable like um, shining your light. Does that makes sense. Yeah, that feels overwhelming to me. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not going to be like, oh, well, let's dream your dream relationship right now. Write it all down, and then have you go after it, right? Because that might feel like a 10 out of 10 in terms of like, or not a 10 out of 10. But just that might just feel like a 10 in terms of like fear factor, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What feels like it doesn't have to be relationship related. It doesn't have to be career related, although it can be. What feels like one small thing you can do that would be allowing your light to shine that might be like a one through a three on the, how scared is, how scary is this factor?
1: Hmm. Shoot. I, well, one example I have for my career, I um, have, made a goal that, um, right now I'm taking a break because I'm taking care of my mom who has dementia. But when I do get back to work in the fall, I want to make X amount of dollars and it's, it's more than I've ever made before. And I know it's possible because people with my degree and my career make that kind of money, but I just never have. Mm -hmm. And so making that goal feels scary, but not as scary as the relationship goal.
0: Okay. Okay. Great. 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 And so what would you say that, like, what, how would you rank that in scale of one to 10 in terms of how scary it feels? Mm, I might say like a five or a six. Okay. Okay. That's not a bad place to start. You can even start smaller if you want. Although by the time you go to, to back to work in the fall, hopefully you'll worked up the scale so that you can definitely get the money that you deserve. My point is, is a really great assignment for you to do is to write down some things that you can start doing that would let your light shine and then rank them on how hard or how scary it feels on a scale of one to ten. And then like the eight, nine, tens, don't freaking worry about it right now. Okay. Because while I want you to grow your what feels to be your comfort zone, like let's say your comfort zone is like, you know, like a three foot diameter circle. I want you to grow it to a four foot, then a five foot. We're not like going from like three foot to like 30 feet. Okay. Right? That's yeah. going yeah. to be very, very triggering. And you're probably just going to either re-traumatize or re-trigger some core wounds. Right. Okay. And, and like, that's just not really at the point. And so if you can gradually begin to expand your comfort zone, then eventually like those eight, nine and tens are going to be inside that circle. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you have to like, and everyone has some personality, right? So someone listening to this might be like, I just want to shoot for the moon and, if, and like if you want to like be my guest. <laughs> but if it feels like a lot of anxiety around like imagining your dream relationship and then going out after it, like put that in the parking lot, like, okay, yeah, I'm going to do this, but right now I'm going to work on the one through threes and the four through sixes and then mm-hmm. work on the things that feel more scary. Does that make sense?
1: It makes a lot of sense and it actually feels a lot less overwhelming to think of it like that. Like to think of just, yeah, the, the lifelong, like great relationship for some reason, it feels like a 10 to me and that feels overwhelming. And, but I do like the, you know, finding things, maybe even something before the, the career goal, you know, that's a little bit lower on the rating just to.
0: Yeah. I mean, it can be, I mean, it can just be like the smallest little little things like, uh, like reaching out and asking for help, like sending a text to a friend, like, Hey, I really just need to talk something out. You know, do you Mm -hmm. have 10 minutes this week or something like that? 15 minutes. I don't know if that's an exact example that you can resonate with, but like, that might be an example of, yeah, you're getting the light shown on you. You're like, focus on me. I have a question. I need support. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then allowing that friend or or whatever the situation might be, but allowing them to hold that space for you to have the light on you, mm-hmm. um, and then once that feels good, then work on something that's in the four, five, six range. Also, you know, in terms of getting you know higher higher pay, I don't know exactly the steps to that, but one of the steps to that might be something that's on the one through three range. Like if you're applying for a new job, you know, if you normally wouldn't apply for. A certain job, maybe just sending in your resume, anyways. Maybe that feels a little easier. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really sure the situation, and it doesn't matter specifics, but there might be little mini things that you can do along the way that will help you to manifest those things that feel a little bit more heavy and scary. Mm-hmm. Does
1: that make sense? It does. It makes a
0: lot of sense. Yeah.
1: And I just thought of something else that could be like in the one to three range that I could start with. And it sounds so silly to say it out loud, but um, I have, you know, like I've been starting to work out at a gym with a friend of mine and there is a part of me that thinks it would be really fun to like really get into it and like really, you know, get like the defined muscles and the buff, you know, like, but then I stop myself because then I think, oh, well, I'm not that kind of person that goes all the way and does that, you know? But I mean, it's, it's silly, but it's kind of right along the same lines as far as like, I don't want to be too successful and get too in shape because then I would feel judged. And like, I think I'm all that or whatever, but I think that would be kind of a lower, I I could probably, it would be probably like a three for me to take that on. I
0: think that sounds perfect. That sounds like a really, really, really great idea. And I, and I think the only thing I would say to add on to this conversation is the only thing, but the one thing I do want to say is as you reach all these new and different goals that you didn't allow yourself to achieve before, it's just really important to keep your worthiness from within, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because it doesn't matter if you, whatever goals you have around fitness or whatever goals you have around your career and money or whatever goals you have around your relationship. Obviously I want you to succeed in those things, but you're going to probably experience little failures along the way. Cause that's just what happens. Right. So regardless of what the end result looks like, it's really important to make sure that your worthiness still comes from within, mm-hmm. you know, so that if some jackass does decide to judge you you're like, fuck you. <laughs> you know, like go on with your, <laughs> with your mean self. Cause it doesn't matter. You know, you don't want, because you do want to, gosh, I don't want to make it sound like these people exist everywhere. Although I don't know, maybe they do, but you don't want to make it, you don't want it to allow, you know, a family, like what your family did growing up to bring you down because people mm-hmm. are going to judge you for your successes, but it's only because they're jealous because they haven't allowed themselves to live more fully. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I totally do. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Cause people are going to think what they're going to think they're going to say, what they're going to say can't control it. And by you living small, you are, um, basically giving them the power. Mm-hmm not necessarily your family, although yes, your family, but anyone else too, who may or may not judge you. Have you read the book, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks? No. I recommend that book for you. I think you'll really enjoy it. The book is all about upper limits. Um, I don't like most self-help books, but this one's really good. It's um, Gay Hendricks is the real deal. I think the whole thing's about upper limits and about how we have a upper limit, you know, since the term of how much success we're willing to accept or receive or whatever. So he kind of talks a little bit about that and well, a lot about that. It's it's a good book. I think you would enjoy it. I think it'd be really resonant.
1: Um, And and does
0: he say you can move that limit? Oh yeah. That's what the whole book is about. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's about expanding or raising, raising the limit. I use the imagery of like a circle and expanding it, but, and he uses just like literally like there's a bar we've set for ourselves. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times as humans, we keep that bar really low because it keeps ourselves safe. And we do it for lots of different reasons, right? Um, Not everyone does it for the same reason, but I do think that most people do have fears around money, relationships, love, and health, and how far we're willing to go. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: yeah. And it just, it does. It feels like my comfort zone to, like you said, say, stay small. That feels like my comfort zone, yeah. you know?
0: Yeah. And one, I, also another really good exercise for you to do is, and this I think will help you go from like the one through threes to the four five sixes and so on is write out a list of all the bad possible things that could happen from making more money, having your dream job, having a healthy, happy relationship. And I want you to like challenge yourself to write a list of like 50 things. I mean, that's just a number that came off the top of my head. If it's easy to list 50, then go for hundred. Or if it's hard to get to 10, then make a goal of 25. But what I want you to do is I really want you to just like really, really get in deep so you can see what all of the subconscious fears are. And don't worry about how likely, unlikely, big, small, or dumb, <laughs> um, you know, the, the fear might be. So maybe for example, you know, you have a fear around making more money because then you're going to have to pay more taxes or you have a fear around making more money because then people are going to expect you to pay for things when you go out together or whatever. I mean, maybe it's not a fear, but big things, small things, and just get it all out on paper. And then depending on exactly what the fears are that come up, I think that you can kind of go through them and be like, okay, well, that's actually just not even really going to happen. So I can just forget about that fear. Um, Some fears are going to tie into inner child and core wounding. And some fears are going to be things you can actually do something about, right? Like, Oh, if I have make more money, then I can buy more things and those things could get broken or ruined. Okay. I mean, I'm talking about like, if you buy big things, Oh, then maybe I should, you know, up my, you know, home insurance or whatever. So make sure I'm covered. Right. So you might be able to find some practical things to do mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So you're looking for the practical, the inner child, and the things that you're like, you know what, that's just hogwash. And I'm going to let that go. And that will help you to give yourself a task list, so to speak on how to manage some of the fears as well.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. And then if I do find fears that come up against my inner child wounds, just do the reparenting
0: Yep. 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 You know the drill for that. So um, you got to go back and connect with that little girl who developed that fear and really just be with her, sit with her, connect with her. And then once you're able to connect with her on that emotional level, then you can begin the inner parenting for sure.
1: Okay. Okay. Thank you. That sounds great. I mean, that's, yeah, you cleared up a lot of stuff and kind of showed me how those two things were definitely related. I had a feeling they were, but I couldn't really put my finger on how
0: Yeah. They're not always related, but nine times out of 10, they are. (laughs) Well, I'm super glad this was helpful. Thank you so much for coming onto the show. Thank you. I appreciate it, Veronica. If you like what you hear in these kinds of episodes, imagine what we could do if it was just you and me working together over many months. Listen, I know what it's like to feel stuck and hopeless in your love life. I remember throwing everything in my love life in the hopes that something will stick and I'd finally catch a break. It wasn't until I stopped changing up my profile for the millionth time or telling myself that next time will be different for the millionth time that things actually start to shift for me. In order to find deep love, you've got to do the deep work. And through my own experience of crappy dating, helping hundreds of women before you and my expertise in inner child work, I can help you make the inner shifts you need to get the outer shifts you want. When you work with me, we dig into your past relationships, your childhood, and deep-rooted beliefs so we can unravel your relationship patterns and get you into the deep love you want to be in. It doesn't matter if you've done this kind of work for years and haven't figured it out yet or you're newer in the personal growth space. What matters is that you're done with being where you are now and you're ready to invest time, money, and energy into dramatically up-leveling your love life. If that sounds like what you want, I invite you to set up an introductory coaching call with me so we can see if one-on-one coaching is right for you. I've got limited spots available, so please don't put this off if this is something that you want this year. Head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching to schedule your call. That's veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. Talk soon. And in the meantime, let's get back to the episode. Thank you so much, Amy, for your courage and your vulnerability for coming onto the show. I really appreciate it. And by the way, if you want to come onto the show and get coached, I would love to have you. I'm going to be recording some new coaching podcast episodes very soon. So you can head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And if you scroll to the very bottom, there is a link to fill out your form to be coached. And then once we have spots available, I will contact you directly and we'll get you on the calendar and we'll have lots of fun. It's 20 to 30 minutes. It's totally free. And it's just an opportunity for you to get your question answered or my eyeballs on whatever situationship you might be in. All right. So Amy had two questions. One, she finds herself in the same pattern, settling for the same people and relationships where she knows they're not going to turn into anything long-term or serious. And she has a fear of being in a lifelong committed relationship, even though she knows that's ultimately what she really wants. So if you listen to the introduction to this episode, you know that this actually makes sense. This goes hand in hand. She has a fear of being in a relationship that's rooted down to some core wounding from childhood. And so the coping strategy, the coping mechanism is she picks people that she doesn't want to be in a relationship with. And maybe there's some confirmation bias running here too. Like, oh, no one wants to be in a relationship. There aren't any you know, guys who want to be in a long-term relationship. All of these ways that justify or keep her safe, single, so that she doesn't shine too brightly for her family or her friends to where they can potentially knock her down. So when it comes to inner child wounding, it can play out in a number of ways. Sometimes you might rebel against your experience. Sometimes your coping strategy becomes the habit. So for Amy, her coping strategy became the habit, right? She learned that she didn't want to make too much fuss or bring too much attention because that could create some backlash from her family. And then, you know, when you're a kid, you don't know, it could create a backlash from friends or teachers, whoever else might be in your life. So she learned to dim her light, to play small. And that's the habit that she's picked up and that she continues to play out in her relationships. And you can also mimic what you saw. So if you saw a certain type of dynamic between mom and dad, or if you had a certain dynamic between you and one parent, you can mimic that relationship in an adult romantic relationship. So I think here there's a lot of the coping strategy that Amy is playing out. So I think here, Amy is playing out her coping strategy because as she said, she had to walk on eggshells growing up to keep mom happy. And that really became her habit slash coping strategy. And more than just keeping herself safe though, so that people couldn't knock her down. She also wanted to keep others safe. She didn't want others to feel bad about themselves if she was succeeding at her goals and they weren't. Listen, this was a habit she developed a long time ago and it kept things safe in her house. And I never want, her or you to criticize yourself or berate yourself for having this quote unquote bad habit. When you're a kid, you don't have a lot of option, you don't have a lot of freedom to do what you need to do or even you don't have a lot of awareness to say, "Hmm, this is my parents own stuff playing out, so I'm going to do something different." Like no, a 5-year-old doesn't have that kind of awareness. And so you have to be really kind to yourself. You're doing the best you could and that habit or that pattern worked and now it doesn't work anymore. And that's all it is. So we're just shifting that. That's all. I don't want the story to go beyond that. Like, Oh, this is so dumb. What do I do this? I'm so stupid. Da, 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 because that is going to make your healing process that much harder and that much longer. So to shift this belief, she needs to go back and do some inner child work with the little girl who had to walk on eggshells. And then slowly, slowly, she needs to learn how to let her light shine brighter and brighter. As I told Amy, this can be a very, very gradual process, because the thought of being in a long-term relationship gives her a lot of anxiety, and so that's not really the first place to start. While you may not have the same backstory as Amy, your brain is wired to keep you safe. All of our brains are wired to keep you safe. For Amy, the fear of judgment from others and the fear of making others upset or uncomfortable was strong enough for her brain to be like, no, 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 let's just settle on the job, let's just settle on the relationship, let's just settle on all parts of her life. And that's what she did. Okay, we can forgive ourselves for buying this misunderstanding that you have to stay dim. You can't, you know, get everything that you want and more. That's fine. But then we have to move on. We have to heal the inner child and then gradually expand comfort zones so that we can eventually get to that place where you know you can feel comfortable being in the relationship that you really want to be in. So please don't beat yourself up about this. If this is part of your pattern, again, you were doing the best you could at the time. And now we're doing the inner and outer work so that you can expand your upper limit, your comfort zone so that you can get everything that you want, whether it's in love or money or career or health or whatever it is. And I do really recommend the book, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. I don't like that many self-help books because a lot of them are kind of gaslighty, or a lot of them just kind of feed more information in your your brain and don't really encourage you to like live it and learn it and grow it. Uh, But I do really love the book, The Big Leap. So I highly recommend that. So here are some tools you can use in the meantime. Number one, create a list of what feels scary and then rank them from one to 10 and start with the one, two, threes and expand your comfort zone just that far. And then go to the things that feel more like a four, five, six. And then eventually you'll get to the seven, eight, nine, tens, but don't jump there. Don't start there. Start with the easy stuff. Start with the low hanging fruit and gradually expand your comfort zone. I'm not trying to get you to re-traumatize yourself because if you start with that eight, nine or 10 category, then you potentially will re-traumatize yourself and that will further ingrain the inner child pattern, the inner child wound that you're trying to heal and shift in the first place. And another thing you can do is list out every fear that you have. So if you have a bunch of fears around being in a long-term relationship, just list them out and list like the big fears, but then list the fears were like, do I really think that? I don't know. That's kind of dumb. Still write it. Like, let's say you have a fear of like, well, we're not going to have the same kind of aesthetic when we're decorating our house. Like, I mean, whatever, you know what I mean? Like things like that. And then what are the fears you can toss out? What fear has a practical solution? So let's say, for example, you have a fear that your partner is going to steal all your money. Okay, don't share bank accounts, right? That has a practical solution. And then what fears are tied back to your inner child and core wounding? And that will give you kind of a to-do list when it comes to your inner work, your deep work. Listen, I'll say it again. You've got to bump up against your boundaries of your comfort zone to grow, but I don't want you to throw yourself into the deep end either. You're likely gonna re-traumatize yourself, That's just gonna strengthen the patterns that come from your core woundings, creating even more fear and more blocks. It's okay to take it slow. All right, my dear, that is the end of today's episode. I hope this was helpful and made you think a little bit different about your self-sabotage and give you some tips to move forward. Next week, I've got a really wonderful guest coming onto the show. She is going to talk about her 24, I think, plus year marriage and how they navigate conflict and how they work through things. It's a really wonderful episode, especially if you feel like you don't know what a healthy relationship looks like or how healthy communication can happen. This is just really an inside peek into a relationship that I really admire and how she makes it work. And just a reminder that the introductory pricing to my new course, Breakup to Breakthrough, is ending super soon. So if I can help you get over an X, I would love to do so. Breakup to Breakthrough is my five-step process that I take my clients through when they're struggling to get over an X, and I would love to take you through that as well. It's a self-study e-course, and as soon as you register, you get access to all five steps, and you can go through them in your own pace. And I really do believe that it will dramatically change how you relate to your relationship, how you view your relationship, and will really allow you to be on the path to not just getting over your ex, but really, you know, not to sound corny, but really to turn that breakup into a breakthrough so that you don't attract the same thing again. And you can really get to a place where you can not even think about your ex, but then also attract a healthier, more aligned relationship in the future. Again, that's bronicagrant.com forward slash breakup to breakthrough. If you've got it all but love, you're ready to up-level your love life, and the work we did in this episode resonates, I want you to strongly consider working with me one-on-one. You'll never hear me say, you just got to get out there more, or you got to love yourself more. Working together is your opportunity for me to guide you in doing the deep work so you can transform your love life from the inside out. I actually don't care what app you're on, or what your texting game is like, or how many dates a month you go on. I care about doing the deep work so you can attract a deep love. I meet you right where you are, hold your hand and hold you accountable throughout the process. So if you're looping or feeling stuck in your patterns and can psychoanalyze yourself to death, I can get you to where you want to go. If you're serious about finding love in the next 12 months and are ready to invest time and money into yourself, I invite you to set up an introductory coaching call with me so we can explore if working together is the next right step for you. You can learn more and schedule your consult at veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. That's veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. If you're looking for links or resources mentioned in the show, you can find them in the show notes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And if you love this episode, please subscribe and rate and review wherever you listen. It really helps me to grow the show. Thank you so much in advance. And I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of the Love Life Connection podcast. And until then, sending you lots of love. Imagine the
1: softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.